Faith in Progress, the podcast where we dive deep into the Christian life, asking the tough questions, exploring diverse perspectives, and finding encouragement for our daily lives. Are you feeling lost in your faith? Do you have questions that never seem to get answered? Are you searching for a community that will challenge you to grow? Then Faith in Progress is for you. Each week, we'll tackle different topics from the meaning of life to the challenges of living a Christ-centered life in today's world. We'll interview experts, everyday people, even skeptics, as we explore what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century. But Faith in Progress is more than just a podcast. It's a community of believers who are on the same journey as you. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together, we'll grow together in our faith. So if you're ready to embark on a journey of faith, growth, and community, then subscribe to Faith in Progress today. You won't regret it. Thanks for listening to Faith in Progress. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. God bless your family. This is Pastor A.D. Finkley. And hey, listen, I want to welcome you to Faith in Progress, that podcast that's challenging you to grow in your faith. Welcome. Listen, we have a a powerful topic that we're going to be discussing during this particular podcast, and I'm so glad that you have taken time out to uh, listen to this podcast. And I'm asking you, friend, to not only like this podcast, but share this podcast uh, with a friend or a family member, a coworker, someone that you know that would appreciate uh, good content such as Faith in Progress. And so listen, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in. We got a hot topic that we're going to be talking about today, and I believe that it's something that is really pressing upon the heart of a great portion of the body of Christ, the church itself. And that particular subject that we're going to be dealing with is in regards to who's responsible for reaching the next generation. You know, as a senior pastor, one of the things that I'm constantly confronted with and that I um that I often have a whole lot of conversations, whether it's in our private business meetings at our own church or whether I'm at a convocation or conference or even just, you know, in dialogue with other pastors, one of the most challenging conversations that we have is that what can we do as the local church to reach the youth, to reach the next generation, to do something that causes them to become interested in Christ, in church. And, you know, sometimes I'm a little taken back by uh, the conversations in which um, we have because, you know, I'm a firm believer that even though, you know, being young myself at some point and being inside of church, I can't really remember the church itself doing things to engage me uh, in church. I, I really can't. I, I can remember some, you know, being on the choir, uh, perhaps uh, uh, maybe participating in some uh, youth group to a certain extent, but it was nothing overwhelming that I think that anybody was sitting back thinking of uh, some plans or making uh, some programs to actually try to reach my generation at the time when I was younger. But during this time in 2024, in the 21st century church, this is one of the greatest conversations. This is one of the biggest conversations that senior leaders are having all over the world. I mean, they are spending big budgets, uh, big plans are being made. A lot of ideals are being floated around about what do we do in order to reach the next generation, the millennials, Gen Z, uh, the generation after Gen Z, what could the church do to attract them or to get them interested in, in church? Well, here it is. We all know that, and if you don't know, I'm going to turn you on to this, uh, that the millennials and their children and it is predicted that the children of Gen Z will not be interested in the local church or what we consider to be the local church at all. I mean, this is one of the most 
especially with the millennials. It's just one of the most uh, churchless uh, generations that has ever been on American soil. I can just go that far and say that. In other words, you know, when we think in terms about their interest in the things of God and in uh, what we consider to be organized church, uh, generation, uh, millennial, the millennial generation is a generation that just clearly have have no interest whatsoever uh, in in the local church or in matter of fact, as a, as, a, as to go even further than that, they just simply have no interest in 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 Christ Himself. And we're challenged by that. We are challenged with the thoughts and the ideals of saying, "Hey, what can we do?" But here is where it gets a little thick for me. Because I'm thinking in my mind that uh, who's really responsible for reaching the next generation? Who's responsible for reaching the youth? And that's the real question that we, we've got to ask. Now, some would say it is the church's responsibility. And as a matter of fact, we're going to hear from a young lady here in just a, in just a few minutes who was uh, given a presentation at a uh, church uh, convention, and uh, she shared her ideals that it was the church's responsibility to reach the next generation. As a matter of fact, she goes on to say, and you'll hear this when we share this clip shortly, uh, she'll go on to say that the church, if we don't do something to reach uh, the next three generations, then uh, we're going to be so far behind that we're going to be left. We're going to be obsolete. And that led me to, to do this particular podcast. Just as soon as I heard that, it led me to do this particular podcast. And the reason in which it led me to do this particular podcast is simply because I want to get to the bottom of who's really responsible for reaching the next generation. And when we get finished with this podcast, all of us are going to have a clear understanding of whose responsibility it really is to reach the next generation. You know, church attendance is down everywhere, especially here in America. Now, I know that the church is booming in places like India and China and Africa. Uh, you know, the church is taken off by leaps and bounds. But here in America, uh, the the attendance of church is down. The hearts of people towards the church, the heart towards the hearts of people towards Christ. I mean, the numbers that we are seeing today, we've never seen before being this low. And I'll go a step further, not only to say that it is um, it is at an all time low, but we've never seen this kind of this kind of lag in attendance or this lag in desire uh, for Christ and church, especially in the Bible Belt. You know, you used to could go up north and you would, um, you know, up 95 if you're on the East Coast. I'm speaking in terms of but, you know, when you go up north, you would find less and less religious people. You'll find less and less people attend that would attend church or the further out west you got, you would find people less that attend church. But now you're finding this lack of attendance, this lack of desire right here in the Bible Belt that and it has never been seen before. And so when we think about it in those terms and when we look at it from that perspective, we could come to uh, one conclusion. And the one conclusion that I believe that we could come to is that somewhere along the line, there has been a misgeneration. Somebody hadn't been brought up in the things of God. Somebody hasn't been exposed to uh, Christ the way or the church the way in which many of us who have fond memories of being in youth choir and being in the sunshine band and being in programs and Easter programs at church and was made to go. And you were going to participate inside of church, whether you wanted to participate or not. Some generation growed up without those experiences. And because they grew up without those experiences, they end up passing those experiences on to their children and their children end up passing it on to their children. And ultimately we end up with what we have today, a churchless generation on our hands. But I believe that it still comes back to this point. Who is responsible 
for exposing the next generation to God. Who's, who's really responsible for that? Who bears the true weight? Is it the church that bears the true weight? I think that's a question that we got to answer. But when we listen to the young lady that we're getting ready to uh, hear right now, she says that it is the church's responsibility. Let's take a listen. David Kinneman, who is the president of Barna Group, created this concept called Mosaics, where he says that millennials are like um, Moses. We made an exodus from the church. And this was before we were finished college, right? He said that every generation you can track that they will come back to church between the ages of 18 and 25 when they have children so that they can christen their children. But he predicted that millennials will be the first generation not to do that. And that is what happened. And so now you have millennials who many of you think are anyone younger than you. I want to help you today. I'm a millennial and I have a six-year-old. I'll be 40 in about 18 months. Millennials are not young people, young on, people anymore. We, some of us have grandchildren. And so if you're worried about millennials, I hate to break it to you, but you're three generations behind. Millennials are born 1981 through 1996. Right. And then you have Gen Z. These are people who were born in 1997 through 2012. And then you have my daughter, who's Gen Alpha, who was born after 2013. And so you if you are concerned about millennials, I hate to break it to you, but you're three generations behind three generations. And so when you start with millennials who are largely unchurched, they're raising kids who don't know what VBS is. OK, so this soundbite is from a young lady who was speaking at a church convention, she is a, um, a licensed professional. She is, um, she holds a doctorate. You know, I don't necessarily know her name. She's Dr. Somebody, but I don't think that that really matters uh, because here she is, she is giving this presentation to a body of believers and she's stating that the church is three generations behind. She says in her in her little presentation here, you heard it, we got more to share, but we're just going to discuss this first part that we're talking that she's talking about here. In this presentation, she says that um that the church is three generations behind. She said that we are worried about millennials, in which, you know, in much of my conversations, I can't agree with that. She, uh, she's directly on because most of the con conversations in which I have as a senior pastor with other pastors is usually speaking in terms of the millennials. But it never speaks, we never really talk about Generation uh, Z and uh, definitely not Generation Alpha. But in her presentation, the thing that gets me about what she said and I do agree that there are generations who are growing up who don't have an ideal of what VBS, Vacation Bible School. And, and, and to be honest with you, many churches are not even doing Vacation Bible School uh, anymore the way in which it used to be done, especially post-COVID. Uh, things have just changed in such a way. Uh, but I definitely agree with her. There are generations that are growing up that that don't know what VBS is, who don't know Daniel in the lion den, who, who um, haven't been exposed to some of the things that uh, many of us in generation X, my generation uh, were exposed to as children. They are not growing up with that same type of experience with the church. But the thing that I take issue with is that she is laying this at the feet of the church saying that the church is three generations behind. She's laying the blame of this churchlessness in the lives of the next three generations that she claimed that we have missed. She's laying that at the feet of the church. And I just take issue with that. I really don't know how you feel about it, but I take issue with that. And the reason I take issue with that is because I don't personally believe that the church bears that responsibility. And I'm going to prove it to you here in just a little bit once we finish discussing some of her topics here, uh, some of the things in which she said. And I think that it needs to be uh, clarified. And I think that it really needs to be stated that the problem we have today with the youth being reached is not 
the problem of the church. It has never been the problem of the church. It is a problem, but it is not the church's problem. What we see in regards to the youth, and I wish I would have been here at this meeting because I would have said this. I would have, I would have, if given opportunity to speak regarding this, I would have addressed this delegation of believers as well as this young lady. I would have been nasty. I would have been nice. I would have been kind and I would have been pleasant, but I certainly would have said that this is not the church's fault. It is not the church that is three generations behind because the church, yeah, we bear a responsibility and we could spend a lot of time talking about what is the responsibility of the church. And uh, I'll say this in passing, the responsibility of the church is to call this world to repentance. That's the chief responsibility of the church. But when it comes down to reaching the next generation, I think that the church is designed to reinforce the reaching of the next generation. But the responsibility to reach the next generation is not at the feet of the church. And I think since we have not made this clear and certainly understood by the larger portion of the body of Christ. I think that the church has taken on a responsibility that it certainly should not have. Now, now why am I saying that? I'm saying that number one and first and foremost, because of this. Only the Holy Spirit can reach someone for Christ. Jesus said it himself. It's not my words. It's what he said. He said, no man comes to me except my father draws him. There's nobody that's going to come to Jesus. I don't care whether you're young. I don't care whether you're old. I don't care whether you're blind, crippled, and crazy. You're not going to come to Jesus except the father gets involved. Father God gets involved. And, and sometimes I think that we take on a responsibility that we are never supposed to be taken on. And as a result of taking on that responsibility, we bring upon ourselves an unbearable weight and an unbearable amount of pressure to do something that Jesus Christ himself said that only the father could do. Nobody comes to him except the father draws him. And how does the father draw him? Since we're being just a little bit technical here, because I take grave issue with what this young lady here is trying to propagate and say. The Father draws by way of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that teaches in John chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit shall convict men of the sin of unbelief because they won't believe in Jesus. It is his responsibility. It is his job. It doesn't matter what kind of programs uh, you can put on at your church. It doesn't matter what kind of youth groups and what kind of entertainers and, and all of these other things in which, you know, we could spend major money on trying to, how could I say this? I, I want to be nice. Uh, you know, spend a major amount of money on trying to engage children or engage the youth. If the Holy Spirit doesn't engage them, they'll be entertained for a while, but they'll never end up converted. And so I just don't believe that it is the church's responsibility. And I take real issue when I hear someone say that, well, the church is three generations behind. I believe that the church is not three generations behind. Somebody is three generations behind, and we're going to discuss it here in just a little bit. But 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 here it is. It's not the church that's three generations behind. You know, the thing about mankind is we always look for someone to blame. We always want somebody else to take the responsibility. We always want somebody else to, to, to say it's their fault, it's, it's their fault. And the reason in which... We want somebody else to take the responsibility so we don't have to take it ourselves. But remember what the title of this, this, this podcast is. This podcast is titled, Who is Responsible? And that's the very thing in which we want to get to the bottom of. We want to know who's responsible because according to this young lady, 
You heard what she said. And if I need to play it again, I will. But you heard this young lady. According to her, the church is three generations behind. But that's not all she says. Let's let's listen again. Let's listen to something else she had to say. And so we have to figure out what the church can do differently. I won't say what the church is doing wrong, what the church can do differently to go back and wrap our arms around three generations. What we talked about was the issue is the church today is, is struggling to bring our concept of divinity to the lived experience of people's humanity. And so again, if you think about millennials who have children who are not in church, who are also having children who are not in church, my daughter's generation is the most liberal generation that's ever faced this earth. She has little boys in her class who have pink nail polish. She gets invited to birthday parties with kids who have two mommies. And so if you want to attract millennials, you need to preach a gospel that helps us contend with that. And if you are opposed to discussing people who have pronouns and whatever else, then you are going to get left behind. It's not a question about your theology, but how do you help people grapple with their humanity? Okay, folks, so she has several things that she just said that, you know, I think that we really have to we have to look at because, as I said just a minute ago, she is saying that it is the church's responsibility to reach the next generation. And, and I just disagree with her. Now, one of the things that she says, she says several things. And so I'm going to try to walk through some of these so that we can kind of, you know, we can kind of get a gist of, of what's really being communicated here. What's what's really being said so that we can get to the bottom of who is really responsible for reaching the next generation. She said that, you know, the church has got to do something different. You know, I mean, I don't know what different we, you know, what, what is it so different that we need to do? You know, what is it so different that we have to do? In other words, she's saying that we need to change what we're doing in order to um, reach the next generation. The church does, but I don't believe that it is the church's responsibility. And I'm going to explain why here before we finish this particular podcast, but we're just discussing what this young lady is in a convention. This is what she is sharing with a body of believers. And uh, I don't know whether it was an opportunity for her to be confronted with some of these ideals uh, that she's sharing as gospel truth. And that's what she's doing because ultimately, as you heard her say, we're going to be left behind. I don't think that the Lord's church is going to be left behind. Perhaps maybe she don't have a clear understanding of what the church really is, but that's, that's a topic for another time. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that, but she says she's not going to say about what the church is doing wrong, but she's going to say what the church needs to do different. In other words, we are the ones that need the change. We need to make an adjustment in order to reach the next generation. Then she goes on to say that we have got to take our theology and make it fit people's lived experience. That means that we need to find another gospel. We need to change what we're teaching. We need to modify our theology, theology, the knowledge of God, what we know about God to be true. And the only way that we know anything about God at all, that we know God speaks, he works miracles, he makes promises that he fulfills. He has a plan for the life of us as individual, as well as us as a collective group of people, speaking in terms of Christians, is the Bible. And so she's saying that we need to take our theology and make it or apply it or change it to fit people's lived experiences. Now, I don't believe that it's the church's responsibility to do that, but it's a topic for another time. So she goes on to say here in this past clip, now, this is, a, this is the kind of thinking that people have when it comes to reaching the next generation. They feel that the church should modify itself, do something different to reach the next generation. She says that her child goes to school with boys who have pink fingernails, okay, like that's acceptable because she said that her child is the most liberal generation uh, that's ever been on the planet. And so she says that her daughter goes to school with boys with pink fingernails. She goes to parties with uh, kids who have two mommies. 
And, and I don't know, perhaps maybe the church should go to school with her daughter. So when her daughter runs into um, a boy with pink nails, the church could tell her daughter that boys don't wear pink fingernails. Well, you know, here I am. Okay, this is faith in progress. And so let's progress in our ability to trust God in our faith. But maybe the church should go to school with her child. I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. Okay, I'm about to spill my beans before they get done. She says that her daughter goes to parties with kids with two mommies and that if we don't change as the church, then we're going to be left behind. We're going to, in other words, the church is going to miss out on, on something. You got to realize that this is the main thought. This is the main thought and thinking of those who are supposed to be the great thinkers amongst us in the church. They feel that the church should change everything that it stands for, everything that it is about in order to fit the mold and the mindset of the next generation. But my dear brothers and sisters, I do not believe that that is the responsibility of the church. The responsibility of the church is to call this world to repentance, is to call this world to repentance. And so we've got to unpack and we've got to discover who is responsible. And once we find out who is really responsible for reaching each generation, we must hold them accountable for this because this is not the responsibility of the church. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. This is not an assignment given to us uh, by the Lord. You don't find anywhere where Jesus tells those who are going to lead his church to listen, do something different to reach the next generation and I'll prove it. I'll biblically, I will biblically prove it. You don't find uh the apostles who gave birth to the church, the ones that Jesus used to birth the church and take the church to the known world at that time. You don't find them modifying anything to reach the next generation. Why? Because it was not the responsibility of the church to reach the next generation. Somebody had that responsibility, but it was not the church. It was not the church. And if I had audience in this particular meeting, like I said just a minute ago, I would scream it from the top of my lungs. Somebody has this responsibility, but it is not the responsibility of the church. And we are not to take on responsibilities that are not ours. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? We're not to take on any responsibilities that are not ours. And let me tell you, this particular young woman here is confused. I think that she needs to have a good uh, a run in with the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is simply this, is that I don't care how much a church, a preacher, or anyone else modifies what it is that they stand for, what it is they believe, what it is that they're doing, the programming in which they have. I don't care how much they modify to do any of those things, a person will only come to Jesus Christ when the Father has drawn them, when the Father has allowed the Holy Spirit to grip that young individual's heart and grip that young individual's life. And so as she said, millennials don't want to go to church or don't go to church. They don't go because they don't want to. It's just their choice. It's what they're choosing to do. There's nothing that the church can do to make them want to choose to be a part of this, of this great body of believers. There's nothing that the church can give to make them want to be a part of a great group and a great community of believers that are sold out to Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, it's a choice that you have to make. One must choose Jesus. Well, I, best, I, I guess I better back up off it because I'm going to spill my beans before they get done. But this young lady is not done. She says a lot in this meeting that really gets under my skin. And, and the reason I'm saying that it gets up under my skin is because I'm tired of the church having to take on responsibilities that have not been given to it. And as a senior pastor, 
One of the things I hear all of the time, they say, well, your church is going to die because you don't have no, you don't have no youth or, or you got just a little bit of youth in your church. Your church ain't going to survive. Well, if the youth are not being reached by the Holy Ghost, who am I? Let it die. Let, 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 hey, the church will never die. If this assembly place, if the good Lord decides that this no longer needs to be a place where believers assemble, then so be it. It's his church. It's not mine. It's not my responsibility. Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. I have no business trying to build his church. I can partner with him, but I have no business trying to build what he said he would build. And if he decides that he no longer wants to build, then fine. He doesn't have to build. It's his church. And so I think that this is just completely nonsense and foolishness. And I'm telling you, this was a really big convention. So this is not just some random young lady. This is a school young lady. She holds a doctorate and, uh, you know, she's considered to be a, a modern day thinker. And she's up here amongst this great delegation of believers. And she's sharing this type of information. But listen, friends, we're going to step away for a commercial break. But when we get back, we're going to get to the bottom of who's really responsible. <laughs> everyone to Faith in Progress with Pastor A.D. Finkley. And hey, listen, I want to thank you for being a supporter of Faith in Progress. Every, every donation um, that's given to this podcast is greatly appreciated. And we thank you for your continued support in helping keeping us on the air, sharing this great Christian context and challenging you to grow in your faith. All right. So let's jump back into this because we're still dealing with our whole subject of who's responsible. So you heard uh, this young lady uh, give the, the church a good whipping. That's what I call it. I call it a good old-fashioned whipping. And I mean, she whipped us pretty good because she's blaming uh, the church. Or uh, Here it is. I won't put words in her mouth. I won't say that she's blaming the church. But I will say this, that she is laying, laying and let me get it out right. For some reason, I, I can't talk. Uh, but I'm going to say that she's laying the responsibility of reaching the next generation solely at the feet of the church. Because this is all she talks about in this uh, presentation that she's giving to this church convention. It's a room full of um, uh, believers there, and she's giving the churches. Uh, a good lashing. She's saying that, you know, you're three generations behind and you need to change your theology. You need to change your doctrine and the way in which you approach reaching the next generation or else you're going to be left behind. I mean, if, if the church is left behind, I, I don't know where else are the people going to go because according to the book that I read, I'm talking about the Holy Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there's only one way to heaven and that's through Christ. But uh, she says that you're going to be left behind is what she said. And she's laying this solely at the feet of the church, giving the church the great bulk of the responsibility of reaching the youth. And as you know, you already know my stance and where I stand on this. And uh, so I don't, I don't think I have to repeat that. But you would think that that would be enough. But no, it's not. She goes a step further, and uh, I want you to check this out. And and after after we hear this clip, then we'll jump back in and we'll we'll answer this question of who is responsible. 
Just take a listen at this. And so we suggested that a lot of pastors take some classes on gender identity and how to discuss those issues from a theological standpoint, because these are the lived experiences of the people who have chosen not to come inside your churches. Wow. I can't believe that I'm hearing what I'm hearing. And, and you're hearing it also. Not only does the church itself need to change their theology is what this young lady is sharing with this delegation of believers. But she's saying, you pastors, you leaders, you need to go and take some classes. You need to go and be retrained on how to talk to this generation, how to use different pronouns and, and, and how to, to be acceptable to uh, predominantly what she's saying to, to accept what God doesn't accept. Now you can say you can like it or not. I, I mean that that's basically what she's saying. This is foolishness. This is complete foolishness, and and it needs to be declared and it needs to be understood that I don't care what the next generation desires. God doesn't change. He does not. He doesn't. He does. He does not change. And one of the things that we got to realize as the church and especially as leaders, change does not always mean progress. Just because you change something, that doesn't mean that you have progressed into something better. You could have changed for the worse. And if the church takes on this responsibility, if pastors change their theology just to fit another generation let me let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. That change will never be progress. This is foolishness. Now, let's talk about what we came to talk about, because what we came to talk about is who is responsible. Let me start here. The church is not responsible for reaching the next generation. The church plays a role, but the church is not primarily responsible for reaching the next generation. The people that are responsible for reaching the next generation are the parents. That's who is responsible. It's parents. First of all, your child spends more time at home with you than they'll ever spend at church. You know, for most people now, you know, we don't even necessarily for most churches, they don't even have in-house Bible study like we used to have. You know, so most churches are meeting once a week on Sunday. And God forbid if you have an evening program, most churches have actually cut the evening programs completely out because the saints no longer come out. They absolutely know they, they have everything else to do in the world. They have football. They have uh, to, to, you know, they want to relax. They want to do all types of things besides go back to church at an evening service. So the majority of the time uh, that you spend, you spend at home or you spend away from church. You don't spend it at church. And so when it comes to the next generation or the children or the youth, they spend more time at home with their parents than they ever will at the church. They don't have enough time for the church to have that kind of impact upon them. Like this woman claims that we're supposed to have. And so the real responsibility of reaching the next generation is laid at the feet of the parents. If our children don't want the God in whom we serve, it's because we have not planted the seed of the God in whom we serve into their lives. You got to think about it like this. I'm from generation X. And so when you think in terms of the millennial generation, the millennials are the children of generation X. We had those children when we were young. We had most of those children when we were in the street. We had most of those children when we were still trying to find out who we were and what we were supposed to be doing with our lives. And so what did we do? We ran the streets and we raised the majority of our children in the streets. Those kids were our friends rather than our children. And that's the kind of relationship in which we had with them. Even though our parents treated us like children and they were adults, we didn't have the same relationship with our parents like we had with our children. You got to think about this. I mean, I mean, seriously, this is across the board. I can remember being in the street 
And uh, my friends had kids, which were, we were all Generation X. We had kids and they were there when we were drinking. They were there when we were partying. They were there when we was, you know, thugging in the street and doing everything. It wasn't until we got older that we realized that we cannot live this life without Christ. And the only reason we had that revelation is because our parents took time out to instill the seed into us, to implant a, a love for Christ in us. I mean, really, I, I, honestly. So let me say this. Number one, it has never been the responsibility of the church to reach your child. It's your responsibility as the parent to reach your own child. The parent is the one who is to instill these virtues and instill these truths inside of their child so that when it comes time for them to make a decision about whether or not they will choose Christ, they will have a foundation to make the choice on. It's not the church's responsibility. And one of the things that I take issue with this young lady is she said the church this, the church is missing three generations. The church need to learn how to embrace these next generations. The church sees that these kids and these millennials and Gen Z and the alpha generation, they're not coming. The church, the church, the church. And oh, you pastors, you need to go back to school and you need some more training. Well, what about the parent? What role does the parent have? Well, according to the scriptures, the parent bears the great responsibility, and I'm going to prove it to you. You know, it's kind of like the same ideal with school. They want the school to do this. They want the school to do that. And you want to stop and say, well, what is the responsibility of the parent? The parent should instill discipline in their child at home so when they get to school, they'll know how to act. You know, that's one of the things I can say about my mama and Lord knows I can say about my daddy. I was told up front, if you go to school and act a fool and I got to get off my job and come out there and see about what you're doing, you're going to have some problems. That was taught to me at home. So when I got to school, I knew how far I could go. And it's the same way when it comes to it comes to reaching the next generation, the next generation is not reached at church. It may be enforced at church. It may be reinforced at church. It may be cultivated at church, but the seed has to be planted at home. It's the parent's responsibility. And if I had an opportunity to be at this particular meeting, that is exactly what I would have stood up and said to this young lady. I would have said, ma'am, I understand what you're saying. I, I hear your perspective but let's pump the brakes. Your daughter will not come to Christ, not because the church hadn't said it. The church don't really know her like that. The church don't even see her like that. You spend more time with her than anybody at anybody's church. She's eating your food. She's using your water. She's using your soap. You buying a deodorant. You putting clothes on the back, shoes on the feet. If she get around town, you taking her. You picking her up from school and dropping her off. And if you're not picking her up and dropping her off, you taking her out to the bus. You spending all this time with your child, and you mean to tell me you waiting till she get to church on Sunday for the church to reach her, and you right here in the same house with her? Family, we got to wake up. It's not the church's responsibility. It is the responsibility of the parent. And until someone is willing to stand up and say, listen, it's your responsibility to reach your child. Until somebody is willing to say, listen, it is your responsibility to instill that faith in God in which you have. The child has to make their own decision, but it's your responsibility to instill that in them. Until we do that, then you know what's going to happen? The church is going to take on unreasonable responsibility. They're going to be up under immense pressure. I'm talking about pastors are going to be doing everything they can to try to reach somebody who should be being reached in their own home. It's one thing. It's one thing. It's one thing. If you're speaking in regards to a child that don't know uh, anything, anything in regards to uh, Christianum or the church, but I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of saints that are sitting in sanctuaries and their children are just as lost as they could possibly be. And it's because 
The parents are waiting on the church to do something that they should be doing with their child themselves. Now, let's talk about it from a biblical perspective. This has always been the case. God has always expected the parent to what? Bear the responsibility of reaching their own children. God always expected the parent to be the one to instill his will, his his desires into the life of their own children. We can go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter number six, beginning at verse number six. Listen at what this says, six and seven. It says, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. In other words, this whole law that I just shared with you, my will, the Ten Commandments, what I gave Moses. He said, Moses, this is Moses saying this. He says, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt, thou shalt, you shall, you shall, not the, not the priesthood, not the Levites, not the high priest. He's speaking to who? He's speaking to families here. He's speaking to uh, men and women who are bearing children. He says to them, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You go home and teach your own child. Well, you know, uh, we need children's church because Johnny don't understand what the pastor's saying. That's your responsibility to leave that sanctuary and take that child home and explain what is being taught. It's your response. It's the responsibility of the parent. Listen at what he says. He says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk to them when thou sittest in the house. When you sitting in the house, talk to them. No, don't be talking about Medea. Lord, don't let me get on Medea. No, 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 let's don't be talking to them about Taylor Swift and, 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 and Biggie Smalls and Tupac in the gang and, and Nelly. And, and, well, I guess that's probably old school rap. You know, they got these new people now. I don't too much know uh, these, these people now. Uh, but here, don't be talking about that kind of thing. He said, when you sit down, when you sit with them in the house, he says, talk to them. When, 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 when talk to them. And he said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk to them. And when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand and they shall be frontlet between thine eyes. In other words, you take every single opportunity, every single opportunity you get to do what? To teach your own child. And so when it comes to the millennials not being reached, that's at the feet of the parents of Generation X. Our children have not been reached because we have done absolutely nothing to reach them. And I could go even further than that. I could go, I can't say that it's everybody, but that's a whole lot of what's going on. And so, you know, I I, I said this uh, to uh, someone the other day. I said that our children don't want the God of the Bible because a lot of parents don't want the God of the Bible. You know, children model themselves to a certain extent after their parents. And if their parents don't want the God of the Bible, don't worry about it. Your child is not going to desire the God of the Bible. You know, we talk about them taking prayer out of school, but prayer has been taken out of the home a long time ago. It doesn't matter what's taking place at school. It's not inside of the home. And so I want to be clear on this. I want to be absolutely clear on this, that the responsibility is not upon the church. It's not upon the church. It's upon the parent. It's the parent's responsibility. That's exactly whose responsibility. Let's be clear. It's the parent's responsibility. And it has always been the parent's responsibility. And so when we look at Deuteronomy chapter number 11, verse number 19, and ye shall teach them your children, speaking to them when thou what? Sittest in the house. When, when you sit with your children and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. In other words, seize every opportunity. When you get up in the morning, talk about it. When you lay down at night, Talk about this God. Talk about this God in whom you have committed your life to. Talk about this Jesus in which you're serving. Instill the seed. Put the seed into them. That's exactly what he's saying. Ultimately, they have to come to a place where they make their own decision, but plant the seed. 
plant the seed. You know, one of the things that, God bless my dear mama, one of the things that my mama did for me and my sister is she planted the seed. And she always would tell me, I know that you go on the screen. And this is when I was running the streets just as bad as I, I wanted nothing to do with the church. Absolutely nothing at all. But one thing she would say to me, she would say, I planted the seed so that at some point in your life, when you wanted to make a decision about Jesus, you know where to go. You know where to go. She said, you didn't have to go to church with me. You didn't have to be in the same house of God as me. You didn't have to be here with me. But when the time came and you got confronted with the truth, I knew that you would know which way to go. You know who to turn to. You know who to call on. You know who to lean upon. Why? Because the seed was planted. But we didn't do that with our children. Generation X didn't do that with the millennials. They were our friends. They were our hangout partners. We were too busy crying. We were too busy running the street. We were too busy running women. And so we didn't give them that same experience that our parents had. We had children at a young age where we were still trying to figure out life ourselves, And so we trained our children, a great portion of us, we trained our children to live completely without God because that's the way that we live with them while they were young. And so here it is. Here it is. This is what we have. This is what we have. And so they're coming up now, the millennials, they have Gen Z and they're not teaching Gen, Gen Z anything. And Gen Z, when they get to an age where they can have children, they're not going to teach the alphas anything. And the alphas not going to teach their children anything. And look at where we are now as a society. As a, and we're wondering what is going on. And we want to lay it all at the responsibility of the church. It is not the full responsibility of the church. This is an issue with parents. The responsibility belongs to the parents. Let me give you a few more scriptures and we'll wrap this up. Listen to what Mark chapter 10 and verse number 13 says. It says, and they brought young children to him. Speaking in terms, they brought the young children to Jesus. Well, we got to stop and think about that. He should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Okay. Now he's talking about these children and they brought young children who brought them who brought the young children was it the disciples no the disciples rebuking them rebuking the parents for bringing it was the parents that brought their children to Jesus it was the parents that saw uh the benefits of of having Jesus touch and bless them it was the parents that saw the benefit of having their child in the presence of the Lord you understand what I'm saying it's the parents responsibility and what I would, as I said just a minute ago, what I would tell this young lady and what I would have told this delegation and this congregation of believers who have gathered together in that convention, listening at this nonsense, I would have said, listen, every last one of you all that are parents, it's your responsibility to instill Christ into your child. Bring your child to Jesus. You instill uh, that love for him into them. You instill into them. You spend more time with them than any pastor's ever going to spend with them. The pastor has his own. Yes, you're going to spend more time with that child than any pastor is going to spend with them. And so who's responsible? It's the parents. And until we get that level of understanding, then, you know, the church is always going to take on this unreasonable responsibility. They're going to take on this burden. They're going to take on the responsibility that's been delegated to the parent. It's that parent's responsibility. And I think that when it comes to reaching the next generation, these parents have got to step up. They truly do. They have to step up. They, they really do have to step up. And I'm not bashing anybody. Perhaps you're doing the best that you can. Maybe you're doing all that you could. And listen, I applaud you for that. But what I'm going to say is, is that once you've instilled into that child, all that you possibly can, then here it is. Ultimately, the decision to be a follower of Christ lies with that child. Let me tell you, you know, I could just really, I could, I'm going to stop this because we've got to bring this, this podcast to a close. But here it is, friends. Let me say this. When that child or when any of us stand before, uh, before God and we have to give an account 
and we're at that great throne of judgment, let me tell you something. We won't be able to say, well, the church didn't try to do enough to reach me. That's not going to be an excuse. And ultimately, it's going to be that child's decision on whether or not they accept Jesus. Because when we stand before the great throne of, of judgment, you're not going to be able to say, well, the church didn't do this. The church didn't do that. Because we all have to make that decision just as well as I had to make that decision, even though my mother, you know, took me to church as a child and I sang in the choir and I, I knew what, um, well, we had a form of vacation Bible school. It wasn't necessarily vacation Bible, Bible school, such as we hosted it at our church. We did it a little bit different. But even though, you know, we had programs and things where we could, as children, participate in some form of Christianity, but all of that was instilling. But the bulk of what was instilled was instilled into us at home. Mama took the time to plant it into us. Mama did. Mama took the time to plant it into us. And you could talk to multiple uh, people who believe that'll say that somebody took time to plant it into their lives and that's how they got it. But here it is. Here it is. Let me give you the scripture here because we've got to, we've got to bring this to a close. Ephesians chapter six and verse number four. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but do what? Instead of provoking them to wrath, do what? He says, bring them up in the nurture, in the admiration of the Lord. Bring them up. You raise them up in the nurture. You do it. Not the church. You do it. You do it. And so as we bring this podcast to a close, who's responsible? For reaching the next generation. Who does that responsibility really fall on? Who really bears the weight of that responsibility? Who is it that's really up under the responsibility of reaching the next generation? Some people will say it's the church. It's the local church. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It's the local parent. It's the parent that should clarify, boys don't wear pink fingernails. That's not something that a boy does. It's the parents that should clarify to that child. You can respect everybody, but realize babies don't come from two mamas. There must be a mama and a daddy. That's the order of God. You, it's, it's that responsibility of that parent to, to sit that child down and explain that, that two men don't go together. That, that's not the will of God in the earth. It's the job of that parent to sit down and talk about the birds and the bees and explain to that child the best thing you could do for your life is to wait until you get married. It's the responsibility of that, of that parent to sit down with that child and, and, and explain to them that it's a blessing to be in holy matrimony. It's a blessing to be, to be in a married. It's the responsibility of that parent. And see, sometimes the child bucks when they get at, get at church. They, they resist what the church is teaching because it's not being taught at home. There are two different things that are being said, and there's two different things that are being taught. There's one thing that's being taught at the church, but there's another thing that is acceptable at home and they can't understand the conflict between the two. Who's responsible? It's the parent. Listen, friends, it's been a blast here uh, sharing this time with you on Faith in Progress. Stay tuned for the next podcast. And until we have an opportunity to get together again, may the blessings of God be upon you. God bless your family. Mm -hmm.